0: good morning everybody i'm sports psychologist dr andrew jacobs this is the sports psychology hour happy fourth of july weekend it's a beautiful day here in kansas city and it's going to be hot going to be hot the next few days and i'm excited to be outside playing golf getting to the pool enjoying the weather as we have that celebration of our country this weekend it's a long four-day weekend for a lot of people i know that and uh looking forward to enjoying that time with uh friends and family and getting outside and taking advantage of the weather before it gets too hot to spend it inside you know i'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports we talk about mindsets we talk about attitudes we talk about focus we talk about sportsmanship we talk about all kinds of things on this show and i take your calls and we get into discussions about the different topics i bring up you know i'm in my 42nd year of work Um, i've worked with all levels of sports. I was the Olympic uh, cycling team psychologist back in the '80s for eight years. Was in uh, participating three World Championships as well as the '84 Olympics where we won nine medals. Hadn't won any in seventy-two years. I was the first sports psychologist in baseball at the Royals back in nineteen ninety. My very first job was at Ku back in 19, uh, November of nineteen eighty-one with their cross-country and track teams. I've had the privilege to work with so many different organizations. Now I've currently work at the Kansas City Current, the women's pro soccer team here in town. I've I've met so many great people along the way. And uh, two of the great – the the top people I've ever worked with were uh, Rick Benben, who coached the Kansas City Comets and UMKC for years. And Pete Malone, who coached the Kansas City Blazers swim team, worked with him for 30 years, worked with Rick from 1984 – uh, until about three or four years ago when he retired. I've spent uh, hours and hours with so many different people talking about, why do we play sports? You know, what? what's the purpose of it for kids? I, I have co-wrote a book called Just Let Him Play. If you listen to the show, you know about the book, Just Let Him Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Youth Sports. The book is co-written with Pete Malone and Jeff Montgomery. Jeff Montgomery, of course, the Royals Hall of Fame pitcher, leads the team in saves, over 300 saves during his career. I met Jeff in 1990 when I was a royal psychologist. I met Pete in 1983 when I started working with some swimmers and admired both of them for what they did in terms of, of training kids and working with parents Jeff coached my oldest son Jonathan in baseball and I love the way he coached because he treated the kids properly if we had a young man with a problem he handled it the right way didn't blow up and yell and scream and cuss at him Uh, Pete would, would be very intense but he cared deeply about these kids he would spend time meeting with parents used me extensively over the years with so many swimmers and you know, throughout my, my forty two years of work in private practice, I've worked with so many people. I work with professional athletes. I see a lot of. I've seen, gosh, over thirty members of the Chiefs privately throughout my career. Um, everyone knows Nick Lowry worked with me for a long time. He co-hosted the show with me. Got several Chiefs right now. I've been working with, and it's been great to work with uh, them, seeing the successes that they're having. Um. But my, my, one of my passions is with kids, teenagers, young athletes. And one of the things that just, just blows my mind is how coaches treat kids. Okay? Why, why should someone coach? To teach, to guide, to, to help. If a coach coaches, to be a jerk, they shouldn't be doing it. You know, youth sports has become this gigantic, multi-billion dollar business where leagues and teams are starting at age four and five, which to me is absurd. I think kids should learn how to play stuff at four and five, but I don't think they should be in leagues at four and five. There's a, a, a gigantic burnout rate amongst kids at 12 and 13 because they can't take it anymore. They're, they're tired of the the guiding and direction and criticism, the fun has gone out of sports in so many ways. Not for everybody, but for a lot of people. And of course, I am a licensed psychologist. I'm a sports psychologist. I get people coming into my office with this stuff all the time. And I have someone on the phone who's going to join us here in a moment. She's a mom. Her name is Michelle. And her son is worked with me for the last couple years on and off for different things. But we had a session about a week or so ago and in this session she shared with me what happened to her son by the man who runs their baseball club, not not the coach. The coach was gone. And she's going to join us here in a second. Because this happens a lot. Her son's 17, going to be a senior, He's a tough kid. He's a big kid. But he's, but he's still a kid. And he's a human being. And she's going to share her story about how her son was treated by this man who's coaching the team. You know, I've had, throughout my career, a number of coaches who've been verbally and physically abusive that we've talked about on this show. There's a gymnastics coach here in town who's under investigation by SafeSport for the verbal abuse He's put on these these young girls who he's coached. He's had some make the Olympic team. He's had some not make the Olympic team. He's under investigation. And the reporter who interviewed me, I, 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 I wouldn't do the interview with him for confidential issues, but we talked about it. He said, Dr. Jacobs, it, you know, he's got two girls that he's worked with who are dead. He's got girls that have been injured. I said, I know. I don't think he should be he should be coaching but he still is. You know, it's about money. It's about notoriety, it's about fame. This stuff goes on. So joining us this morning is Michelle. So Michelle, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it very much. Thanks for calling in.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You know, uh we've we've worked together you your your son, your husband and you and I for a couple years now. Yeah and enjoyed getting to know you guys. Your son is, is is a lovely young man. Hard worker, loves baseball. Would that be a correct statement? Yes, yeah. I mean, probably loves baseball more than his girlfriend. He still have, still has his girlfriend too, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah probably yeah. loves baseball more than her and he's been with her what since junior high.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: okay. So, I'd like you to share with us the story that that happened this this past week. And I'm going to comment and jump in, and, and we'll see if anyone calls in with comments about this as we move along. But go ahead and, and just share with us what, what, what happened. Give us a little background on your son, just with his baseball and everything, first.
1: Yeah, so my son's played ball since, you know, ever since T-ball. And, um, Which is what,
0: excuse me, about five?
1: Uh, I think he started at four. I think it was four was the first year. Okay. So and he, it's always been his passion. Has absolutely loved baseball and always enjoyed it. And his face has always smiled and lit up anytime you talk about it. And he's played um, on his high school team since freshman. But he's always played club ball in the fall and spring and summer. And um, he's played for three different club teams in the area. The most recent he's been at for. Probably, I would say about six years, maybe five. Um, and the person that owns the team coaches as well. They have coaches that coach different age groups. You really don't get any any. Um, the the person that owns the club team really doesn't get a lot of direct contact with your children until they reach the high school age. Um, and really, the. the Coaching, other than till you get older, it's been very great. I've, I loved it. Um, and it was coaching the team and that, but it kind of turns a little bit negative as they get older. Well, excuse and, me. I'm
0: going to jump in yeah. and interrupt you here throughout the, the conversation. Why? Why did it start to get negative? And when did uh, it start to get negative?
1: I would say the, the year that. Um, the owner coaches the coach, the kit, my kids team. It was, um, I believe 15 U. Um, and then it tends to, if the way errors are handled or mistakes or losing games, it tends to just blow up into a bunch of yelling instead of coaching. And that brings all the kids down to, we, um, There was a period of time a year or so ago, and even a couple years ago, that we had contemplated leaving because of some things. Um, My son had gotten an injury where he couldn't, he was pitching and and playing corner infield positions, gotten an injury and was out for about a year, couldn't throw a ball or anything. Um, he He did, was able to bat, made his freshman year at high school team, but he couldn't play in the field. For many months and then that summer was when he was coming back from his injury which happened to be this first summer that he was um, coached by this coach by the owner and that was a horrible summer for him because he was having problems trusting his arm and um, made some errors and just had a hard time with things because he was coming back and hadn't thrown the ball and there wasn't a lot of Coaching or understanding in his coming back, it was more just yelling every time anything happened to him.
0: Like what which, like what kind of yelling?
1: Just when he's on the field, just um not, I have no problem with a coach taking my kid, you know, on the dugout aside or something, talking to somebody and trying to coach him through difficulties and giving them some words of encouragement, maybe especially since you've always been a, a stellar player on the team. And when you're coming back and not trusting your arm, you think there'd be some understanding in that.
0: Um, but what did this guy do?
1: Nothing. He basically, anytime there were errors made, would yell and make derogatory comments. And so, at the time, we had contemplated leaving then, and we had talked with you about it. But
0: um, and my excuse me, my suggestion was I thought you should leave because if I can jump in here, because this guy was being verbally abusive to your son. Yeah. And and I just didn't see it as a healthy situation, but but you guys stayed because his friends were on the team, he wanted to be with his right. friends, right? I, which I got. Yeah. I understood. And that.
1: we did. We did my husband and I did meet with him at that time, but not much, you know, came out of it. He I think he was kind of dumbfounded at the time that we even had these thoughts or feelings, you know. And my son is not a he is not the type of kid that's going to complain to a coach or say anything to a coach. He respects his coaches and He's going to listen to them and not open his mouth, really. That's just, you know, it's it's whether it's right or wrong, you know, what the coach is doing. He's not the type of kid that's going to speak up.
0: But but um, but I encouraged him that he needed to meet with this guy right, and, and say, look, right. you know, I, I love playing on this team, but I'm having issues with the way you talk to me. Right. right. And he yeah. tried to do that, I believe. Yeah.
1: He did he I don't remember at the time exactly what he had told told his coach, but at the time, yes, he had said something to him and talked about it and um,
0: but he it, did, he didn't change
1: it didn't change, and then you, we didn't um you know because the next year you move on to another team, we didn't have as much experience of being much time he around him during gameplay time. So the tournaments in that, he was off with his team and we were with our team, which was fine. But now, unfortunately, this year, he happens to have been at a lot of the team that he's coaching. And my son's team happened to have been at a lot of the same tournaments. And he'll come and sit in on some of um, my son's um, team's games a lot and be coaching from the sides, too. So unfortunately, now we've got him back with our team and the my son has told me that um I guess he is playing with uh up a year older kids and the kids that are on this team there's some of his friends that have come up this far with them and the the rest the bulk of his team is down on the year younger and um the kids on this team he, my son has told me has also stated how they can't stand the coach because I, he said, "I guess they had an even worse experience than my son's team did when they had him as their head
0: coach." Just, just give us coach. an give us an explanation of what it is he this guy does. Now he's not the head coach, but he at times will will take right. the place of the head coach because the head right. coach has another job, has to work. Yes, so, or he'll be there with the head coach, or he's there. So what? Let's yeah. did, without specifically yeah. saying the the, the uh, uh, specific words he says, to share with what this guy does.
1: Well, basically, um, uh, for instance, um, a, a few weeks ago, my son was playing first base, and there was a very slow ground ball that was hit between first and second, and um, the pitcher and my son was going for went for the ball. The pitcher happened to get it, and nobody was covering first. So then, when we when when the pitcher went to throw it to first, my son wasn't there, and they got on base. And basically, for the rest of that inning, on the um, they were in the, the coaches were in the first base dugout. Um, he was chirping to my son about how if he were quicker and slower, he could get to it, and why isn't he covering his bag. And on and on. And then my son got up to bat the next inning and of course struck out because he was all upset about that. And then um, that next inning, the entire inning, and I didn't know this was going on until after the game. And my son told me exactly what was done is he was chirping from the dugout about how when my son went up to bat about how, look, the first time he faces adversity, look what happens. He fails. And so there were things throughout that entire game said to him from the sideline. And my son told me about it. And so now.
0: And excuse me, there were some there were some choice uh, words that we can't use on the air. No, yeah, as well. there's
1: always there's a lot of always,
0: f- just let's be blatant. A lot of F-bombs were used, correct?
1: Yes, there's a lot of F-bombs. So fast forward to last weekend, there and that same exact thing kind of happened, it happened twice in that game, and the second baseman did come cover the bag the, the next time. So anyways, fast forward to this past weekend, and kind of a similar type ball comes, and I was sitting by my husband, and I saw my son kind of look to go to the ball and then make a decision to turn around and go back to first base, and I knew from the second it happened under normal circumstances honestly that would have been a ball he would have gotten and gotten back there and gotten out well he made the decision to go back to the base and um, I said something to my husband about he's afraid to go to the ball because he thinks he's going to get in trouble if he's not on the base you know and sure enough then after that happened because they did not get the out on that the coach starts yelling he starts yelling from the sideline about how if my son was quicker he wasn't so effing slow, he'd be able to get to that ball and when he was a first baseman he didn't have to rely on a second baseman to get that ball and so in between games that day um I you're
0: playing a doubleheader, play. so so then yeah. in between okay
1: yeah in between games i was talking to my son and he just I could tell he was upset and I mentioned that play to him he said that he was just sick and tired of of his coach yelling at him and getting on them for everything and he said I'm not even having any fun anymore and I don't even know if I want to be here and I've seen this progressively and and this is something that when when this coach is not around you don't see that and it's Drags the the entire team. You can tell there's been incidents and things that he said to the other team. One of our pitchers last year at a tournament out of town, who is then who is probably going to end up being a D one pitcher, um, was having a bad pitching game, and this guy was talking about you know the kids heard him call him worthless. He's just worthless, you know, because he was having a bad game, and this kid is one of the best pitchers around, and it just brings the whole team down and it brings my son down and and as a parent you know it's hard for me to watch that and not say something and when we thought about leaving before we gave the decision to our son um, because i'm a believer in letting him make his own decisions and if it's a mistake it's a mistake but there comes a point where i don't know where is it my responsibility do i push him to leave we have them stay, you know, and they basically be verbally abused. I don't mind somebody taking my son and telling him what they're doing wrong. I'm the first person of my kids to tell them if, you know, if they're not getting the position they want or something, well, you go and you work hard and you show your coach what you've got. And I'm probably a little bit hard on my kids in that sense. But there comes a point where it's, it's. It, this is not about winning. It's about coaching the kids, having them love the game, and teaching them to be good humans and good people and good teammates. And so, what,
0: so if I can interject you here, interrupt. What happened then in between games? Because you, you, you and your husband, wanted to talk to him, right?
1: Well, we we were talking to our. My husband was talking to our son. I had talked to him, and then my husband had talked to him, and um, then I noticed that my husband, the coach, one of his, not the guy that owns the team, but the other coach that was there, they were both there. But the guy, the coach, the main coach was talking to my son and my husband. And so I went over there and, um, and, you know, we told him that what we were just tired of the, of what was going on. And, the
0: oh, the verbal abuse,
1: the verbal abuse. And, um, and the general consensus is in what the coach said, I mean, Ethan has, excuse me, my son has told me the coach there, you know, it, it, it's not his coach. It's the guy that owns the team, and, um, but his coach is there, and his coach, you know, said he knows that that a guy can get out of control, But and he basically said, but it wasn't him, my son's coach, that was saying the things. And my point is, you're their coach I know you work for this guy, but you are—you're um, the adult in the dugout that's with them, and you should be sticking up for your players, or may, you know, trying to calm him down, or trying to coach the kids instead of letting him say whatever he wants and bully these kids. Which is all it's doing is bullying them. And then how do they expect them to go out and play differently and play with confidence and improve if all they're doing is? making derogatory comments.
0: So how did he respond to that?
1: He basically said that it wasn't him, it's not him that's doing it, and he knows that this guy can be that way, but it wasn't me that did those things. And so he, in other what, words,
0: he was scared to say something because he's employed he's by this guy. He was scared to say
1: something, too, and that topic has come up about, you know, he knows so and so is like this, and that. He but he... He, My son has told me he basically doesn't say anything because he's afraid too. So, you
0: know? okay, we're going to need to go to a break here, K- Michelle. But what I want to do is come back, and then we're going to discuss what can be done and why this has gotten to this point and how you can handle this. And, and I'd love to hear from anyone who's listening. You know, we're, we're talking with Michelle about her 17-year-old son who is – being verbally abused by his coach. He's a baseball player. This man, in my opinion, has no business coaching kids. He should be taken to the carpet for what he's doing. But there's a fear of this. The guy runs the organization. And here's the, 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 the her son's actual coach, who's employed by this guy, but they're afraid to say anything to him because this is the boss. Our phone number is 913 I'd love to hear from you if you are a coach and you're listening to this and it's infuriating you and see what you have to say. I'd love to hear if you're a parent and something like this has happened to you. I'd love to hear if you play sports and you had a coach like this. What did you do? 913-3810-810 is the number. Michelle will be joining us as we come back from the commercial break on sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. This year marks the 43rd anniversary presentation of A Capitol Fourth, the national July 4th TV tradition on PBS. This year's National Independence Day celebration, broadcast live from the West Lawn of the U.S. Capitol, is being hosted by iconic actor and television host Alfonso Ribeiro. The program will feature an all-star cast and a patriotic evening of all live musical performances by top stars from pop, country, R&B, classical and Broadway, including the band Chicago, Maddie and Tay, Belinda Carlisle, Babyface, Boys to Men, Charles Esten the Broadway cast of A Beautiful Noise, the Neil Diamond Musical, and the National Symphony Orchestra under maestro Jack Everly. America's greatest fireworks display will light up Washington, D.C.'s iconic skyline captured by 20 cameras stationed around the city in celebration of our nation's birthday. For more than four decades, the Capitol Fourth has celebrated America's National Independence Day and the hopes and dreams of all Americans. Lee Loftin, one of the founding members of Chicago, talks about this year's at Capitol Fourth.
2: The thing I'm looking forward to most is fireworks and playing with the National Symphony Orchestra. And it's such a momentous occasion, it's going to be a lot of fun. I want to see Babyface and Boys to Men for sure. To be able to see these guys live is going to be a lot of fun. No matter where we have been in the country or around the world, when fireworks go off, I think of the 4th of July. And that's the thing that always comes back is the
0: biggest tradition that i Enjoy. The 43rd annual broadcast of the Capitol 4th airs on PBS on Tuesday, July 4th from 8 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, is rebroadcast immediately following in most markets and can be found on American Forces Network for our troops serving around the world. The concert will stream on PBS.org and YouTube, it can be heard in stereo on NPR member stations nationwide, and will be available as video on demand through July 18th. Hello again, everyone. Happy Fourth of July weekend. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHP here in Kansas City. And I am talking with Michelle. She, her son is a client of mine. He's a 17-year-old baseball player. And I asked her to come on the show today to share what's going on with her son. And we've been listening to her describe the situation where... And I had her come on because this, this is not a unique situation. This happens a lot. Where coaches get abusive with kids. Verbally and physically. There's no physical abuse here, but verbal abuse. And I'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. If you are a parent and you've had a similar situation happen to you. Where you've had a coach that's been abusive with your son or daughter. What did you do? And her phone number is 913 3810 913 Three eight, 10, 8 10. If you are a coach, you've coached kids at any level, and you're listening to this, what would you suggest to Michelle to do? I'm going to talk about my suggestions and what I think should be done. I'd love to hear from you and get your thoughts. Or you have played sports, and you've had an abusive coach. How did you handle that? So, so Michelle, let's get back to our conversation. So, mm-hmm. here you are, and... You talk to the, Then this is the owner of the team, not not the normal head coach, but the normal head coach. The normal head coach is afraid to speak to this guy. Would, would that be a correct assumption? Yes. Because he's being employed by him. Right. And we've talked in the past <clears throat> during our, our sessions last year where I suggested I thought you guys should quit the team, right? Yes. But yeah. you chose to stay, and I understood because his yeah. friends are on the team. He likes playing with his friends, and when this owner isn't around, it's okay. Right. But he he comes around fairly frequently.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So what has it done for your son's love of baseball?
1: It's. You know it's kind of stripped him of it honestly he's I've heard and this is the first year that I've heard that, and I from him comments he said more than one time about how um, he just isn't enjoying it anymore like he used to and but the funny thing is is he only says that on the times when the owner has been around and and there is a general um Unhappiness in the parents. I've heard from other parents that a lot of their sons are just tired of the comments and how the coaches are. And but as far as I know, nobody's ever met or said anything with them. Um,
0: because there's a there's a fear factor here, isn't there?
1: I, I, probably part fear and part like his attitude. I'm not sure it would matter one way or to the other to him. Is kind of the. The feeling you get. Um, and like I said, we had met with him a year or two ago, you know, and I'm not really sure it did any good, but... Um,
0: do, you, do you recall how he responded to what you told him?
1: At the time, I was kind of surprised because this was when my son had was coming off his injury, and I was kind of surprised at um, almost like he was completely 100% we had no idea that he was was doing that, you know, and just even flabbergasted that we would even bring it up, you know so and that, and he did state, you know, having my son talk to him himself, which I know my son did, but again, I think it's kind of changes our short lived um,
0: right, and I and excuse that, me, and I encouraged your son to talk with him,
1: right, and, right,
0: and he did. Which, right. which, you know, your son's got a lot of self confidence. Um, and I know he loves baseball. But this, this, your situation here, and I know our shows are podcasted everywhere. A lot of people are going to listen to this and say, oh, wow, that's happening to us. There's, there's a fear factor to confront this guy. I, I think, and I'm going to have Jason jump in here and comment in a second. But I think what, what you, you all should do is have a parents' meeting. Without the coach, and talk about what's going on, and then have a parents' meeting with this guy, and basically lay, lay lay it down. Look, you can't talk to our kids like this anymore. And I mean, quite frankly, you know, your son has a future in baseball, but I I would my suggestion is if you, you go on another team next year. You know, you go on another team because this is ridiculous. But I don't see what Jason has to say.
2: Yeah, well, so stepping up uh, to authority is is hard, even when it's the right thing to do. Um, it's it's not easy. You know, I, I was very fortunate. My kids. Played little baseball, a little soccer. Uh, my youngest went to one basketball camp. They were never really all that into sports and they weren't really doing any super competitive stuff. They played on some YMCA teams and, and they had a, a great time playing with their friends until they were, you know, just kind of done doing it and found some other things to do. So I was incredibly fortunate with that. As a huge sports fan, would I have loved it if my if my sons had, you know, f- found a sport they loved and continued on with it and been competitive? I think so. But then I hear stories like this, and I think, well, maybe we're just super fortunate to have, uh, you know, avoided all the, uh, you know, the, the, there's a lot of people who are trying to make money out of it and, and mistreat kids. So, I you know, I, Michelle, I feel real sorry for your situation there. Michelle, let me
0: ask you. um what do you think? What do you What do you think is going to happen to your son with baseball? Do you think he's he's going to end up quitting?
2: I don't
1: think so, no. Because I ultimately he loves the game too much. Honestly, I I, I I don't think he will. You know, but it I would say that his drive. You know, it was always his dream to play in college, and I think that this has kind of dragged his his. Desire to do that down, or makes him. And I understand you're going to have coaches. You know, you nobody's going to be nice all the time. My problem is just I need him. They need to coach and do it in a way that is going to actually bring about some change and be um, productive for the children and not bring them down.
0: Well, there's a way to coach failure and negativity, and there's a way not to coach it, and. Throughout my career, 42 years of doing this, believe me, I've, de- I've had to deal with some coaches who were just like this, and I've through clients that I've had, I've never been on a team with anybody like that because I wouldn't work with a team like that. Of course, yeah. they wouldn't hire me either because those coaches don't, wouldn't mm-hmm. want me around because they're scared of somebody like me because I'll confront them. But the fact of the matter is, I think what, what needs to be done, and I want to see what Jason's thought, thought is on this, I think you need to have a parental meeting. <coughs> excuse me, a parents meeting away from from the coach, and you need to have a parents meeting with this guy and just say, "Look, this isn't working. When you talk to our sons like this, this isn't working. It's unacceptable. I mean, quite frankly, if this was my if this either of my sons have been on a team like this, I, we'd be gone. You know, I don't encourage people to quit teams." But when it gets verbally abusive, as well as physically abusive, obviously, but verbally abusive, we'd be gone. Now I know you guys have stayed there because his friends are on the team. I'm concerned about the long-term harm this can do to him. I mean, Jason, let me get your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, I, I would think so, and you know, I, I agree with you about getting the other parents together. Getting a, a group to confront somebody is a lot more impactful than just one person. Um, and I, you know, maybe that would wake him up and and make him realize that you know maybe just because the way i'm sure this was how he was coached as a kid and so he thinks it's okay but it's not and and hopefully hearing it from from a lot of people at the same time and i would imagine that a lot of the other parents are feeling the same way and and you know if if they're approached about it would be happy to to add their voices to
0: it your your son is not the only one that's been talked to like this correct
1: no no
0: and what do you hear from the other parents
1: well, I, a lot of the other parents have said because they're you know they're that most of these boys are 17, some are 18, and this is their last summer. But a lot of the ones that are 17 have just said we're they're not gonna come back to this team next summer. They're gonna do something else, you know. But um, there's still the we still got the fall season coming up next, you know. <laughs> so. So I don't know if it's just the thought is, well, we've only got, we're in our last year, so what
0: difference does it make? Well, it, 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 see, my if I can interject here, my, my feeling is it makes a huge difference because if your son, and your son's very good, so he wouldn't have any trouble getting on another team yes. and seeing different coaching, a different level of coaching, a different way of coaching that I think would, you know, if it's the right situation, it's going to renew his love for baseball. I mean, I, I've had throughout my career, I mean, dozens of kids who've quit teams, quit their sport, mm-hmm. quit playing because 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 of abusive coaches. Now, you guys have have stuck with this because he's not the head coach, and when he's not there, it's a good situation. But you know, in life, we're all going to we all have to confront negativity. We all have to confront negative what? people. They're they're everywhere. Just look in politics; it's all over the place. It, you know, there's negativity everywhere. But the fact of the matter is. You know, a coach's job is is to guide, to teach, to direct. And this guy is not doing that. Okay, we need to go to our next break here. I want you to stick on, and we're going we're gonna to discuss what the solutions you think are best for your son are going to be. I'm, I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Michelle is joining us. She's been sharing the story of her son. He's a high school baseball player who's on a team where the owner of the organization – at times, we'll come in and coach the team, and the guy is just, he, he's a negative, negative, negative guy, and he's ruining the sport for not only her son, but other kids. I'd love to hear from you. Get your thoughts. Our phone number is 913-3810-810. We're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB here in Kansas City. You know, our my show is podcasted everywhere specifically, if I can get that tongue-twisting word out, on my website, winnersunlimited.com. And it's also on SoundCloud, which I was looking at stats on there the other day. I've been listening to almost 300,000 times. My shows have been podcasted on SoundCloud, listened to all over the world. So it's interesting to see that. I'm talking this morning with Michelle, who is a mom of a high school baseball player, who, if you've been listening to the show, her son's been verbally abused by the owner of the team who at times will coach the team and if you have any comments or ideas on what she should do love to hear from your phone number is 913-3810-810 if you've had a son or daughter who's been verbally abused by a coach what did you do did you not do anything did you confront the coach did you quit the team did you get in a fight i mean what happened now, there's a whole gamut of things that could happen so michelle Let's talk about what you're going to do. Here we are. It's July 2nd. There's about, what, three weeks left of, of the season? Yeah. Okay. So, obviously, quitting is probably not something that, that you are going to do at this point.
1: No. Correct? No, okay. yeah.
0: Okay. So, what? let's look at a couple of scenarios. Let's say this: your son's regular coach coaches the rest of the year, it ends up being a fairly positive situation with him there, okay. Which hopefully that's what's going to happen. But what happens if this owner happens to come back and coach? Then what are you going to do? Because his behavior isn't going to change.
1: Yes, I know that's a good question. I because I, I I we just do not If I leave it to my son's decision too, which I know leave it to him. He will stay because. He, that's just what he'll do or as his parent and do I make a decision for him you know I, I don't know
0: well my thought and we'll see what Jason jumps in and says here is you're going to stick it out because you want to stick it out
1: mm-hmm.
0: but if this guy comes back well first of all what I would do just let me, let me backtrack first of all I'd have a parent I'd, I'd ask to have a parents meeting
1: right right
0: Which whoever whatever parents would show up and say, look, we have an issue. What are we going to do about this? You know, do, do we say we do not want him coaching our sons? Uh, which is what I would say. I would say, since so you're not going to quit the team, there's less than a month left. I would say, you know what, we don't want you coaching our sons. And here's why. And I give it some examples. Now, he owns the team. He can tell you where you can go stick it, which he might do, at which point then I would quit. It's not worth it. Okay, it's not worth it. Um, that'd be the first thing. The second thing is, you know, I'd, I'd ask that he doesn't coach the team. If he does coach the team and he's he's abusive, I'm I'm gone. I don't care when it is. I I'd, I'd be gone. Okay. Third is, I would not come back to this organization, and I would report him to Safe Sport, which is the the national organization that deals with abusive coaches. All right, Jason, let me get your thoughts on it.
2: Well, I, I know Michelle's saying that, you know, her son's 17, and he's almost, you know, aging out of this team, and a lot of his friends are as well. And, you know, it's, it's one thing to, to grin and bear it and try to get to the end of it. But, Michelle, I'm sure that you don't want, you know, next year's kids or the kids the year after that or after that to go through this. And, you know, maybe some sort of intervention now uh it helps kids in the future from having to go through what your son has gone through um and you know short of that maybe some i don't know are there Yelp reviews <laughs> for, for, for coaches can can you you know let future parents know hey if this is you know if this is not okay if you don't want somebody like this uh influencing your your kids and 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 having uh you know power over them uh you know don't don't join this team well let me let me let me inter-
0: interrupt you there for a second Without naming this team, what organization is your team involved in? I mean, is it, is it three and two baseball? I mean, what is it?
1: It well, it, it, they. It's just they play tournaments around town, out of town. I mean, so you've got your, you know double triple a major this is a major team that well not anymore because once you're in high school you kind of this age day out do you could go to that but anyways it's
0: i mean there's some kind of an organization overseeing umbrella organization overseeing yeah. all this and that's where i think you know you should report this guy go to yeah I mean, you know, there has to, it can't just be a team just out there on its own. It has to get involved. It has to be credentialed to some play, level to play. And I think what needs to be done is this guy needs to be reported. I mean, I, I, I know years ago, and I, I talked about this on my show, my oldest son played in uh, this, when Jonathan was in sixth grade. It was Blue Valley Rec. There was a coach who was verbally and physically abusive and i reported him he actually threatened me um and and because i was putting on a sportsmanship seminar and went up and handed him a, a, a flyer for it and he put a fist in my face and said let's go to the parking lot and see who the man is which i was pulled away by several people i i reported him of course he was told that he was being watched so nothing ever happened but you know it, he was reported and of course then he knew he was being watched so then he behaved himself. So I think there there has to be some type of right. overseeing organization that your team plays in that this guy can be reported. I mean Jason, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I mean that, that's why a lot of these organizations exist is you know some sort of some sort of oversight and I'm I'm sure that uh, there are people higher up that don't want this sort of stuff going on every, you know it's it's putting a a bad a bad front, a bad name, a bad image on on their product. and I, I'm sure they they don't want they don't want that there. I mean, M- Michelle
0: coaches have to be good psychologists. and a good coach is a good psychologist, a bad coach needs a sports psychologist. this guy this guy needs uh, quite frankly, I think he needs a lawyer. I mean, for his behavior, I, I, I mean your son, it, because he's been talking with me about it, I mean, I think that's helped. At least I, I, I assume you feel that way. It but, has, yeah. But God knows what the, the the other kids who haven't talked to anybody about this, what it's done for them. I'm sure there've been kids that have quit, aren't there? I'm sure there've been. Kids
1: oh, I'm that- sure there has. And my son has said, and I, you know, that, it, that he doesn't affect him like he used to. Thanks to you, honestly. I, I, I know that. But at this, what I told my son is, I know you say it's not affecting you, but when I hear you say I'm not having any fun. You know, and it is a direct correlation with him being there. That that upsets me because this is supposed—you're a kid and you're supposed to be having fun. I don't care. You know, I understand it's a business. It's, and youth sports, unfortunately, has gotten to be a big business, but it is supposed to be about fun too. You know, you well, don't have to put yourself through this.
0: Well, uh, listen. First of all, I want to thank you for for spending this hour with us. Um, I know this uh, has been a painful scenario for you and your family, um, and it's it's sort of a double bind deal. It's like you know this is wrong, but he loves baseball, and and you know he's with his friends. But I I think you know I just think in the long in the long term how this is going to affect him down the road. That that's the thing that concerns me the most. You know, not not just about his love of baseball, but about people. Right. And, I think it's, it's in the end it's going to make him stronger in one sense, because now at a young age he's had having to deal with, you know, a guy who has no business coaching. At the same time, he's he's hurting, and you know, I mean, look, I I've worked with the Olympic team, with professional teams, with college teams. I've been around coaches who are hardcore. And but and I've been around some coaches who have gone over the edge and I, when I but they've told me if you think I am confront me well I've done that and I've been around coaches who have apologized to their teams for their behavior because they care about the kids but they care so much about winning sometimes it, it takes over this guy I don't think cares about the kids at all I think he only cares about how much money he's making because he owns the team and that's my my honest opinion jason you agree with that i mean i think it's about the money for this guy
2: i would imagine so yeah i i I have no idea like i said i've never been involved in this level of youth sports i don't know what kind of money he's bringing in but uh, i would imagine that's why he's doing it so michelle i want to thank you for for calling in
0: anything you'd like to add to any parents who are going to listen to the show especially on our podcast because listen to everywhere what would you suggest to them to do if they're in a similar situation
1: I would say address it quicker rather than later, honestly, is, you know, and if you see signs of this being like a pattern or something, either address it right away or go somewhere else, really.
0: Well, I want to thank you for for being on the show today. Thank you. I know a lot of people are going to listen to this show, and it's going to open some doors for them. It's going to make them realize what they've got to do because in the end, you know, we play sports to compete. We we play sports to learn, to, to grow. But as a kid, you play sports to have fun. And your son has lost a lot of the fun because of, of this, this egomaniac guy who happens to coach the team. Michelle, thank you for joining us today. We're going to let you go. And I, I very much appreciate you being here.
1: Thanks. Have a good one.
0: Have a great Fourth of July. You know... I asked her to come on and that was very brave of her to be here and share this, this story. But I asked her to come on and share this story with us because I guarantee you there are people listening to this or people who will listen to this podcast who are going to relate to this 100%. And I do this show for, for one reason. Well, I don't get paid to do the show. I I do it on my own but I do this to, to help people out. And you don't have to agree with me. There are going to be, oh, you got to toughen them up. you got to, come on, you got to deal with this. That's life. Well, yeah, you're right. you got to toughen kids up. But but you don't F-bomb them across the board when they strike out or make a mistake. <clears throat> you sit them down and go, okay, what happened to that at bat? What were you thinking? Let's work on how you can do that better? That's what a good coach does. A good coach takes, and I don't care if it's a seven-year-old or it's a twenty-five-year-old playing for the Kansas City Royals. And God knows, as bad as they've been, those coaches have had their hands full. Because let's face it; they, I mean, their record show, explains that. But they're sticking it out and they're they're working with their with these players. Youth sports is about learning skills but most importantly it's about having fun. And this is still youth sports. It may be 17 year olds but it's still youth sports. The fun is not there when you have a coach F-bombing you for striking out. When you have a coach F-bombing you for making an error. Because I always say this, a good coach checks his or her ego at the door. In Michelle's case, it's about this guy's ego, and that's the problem. And I know I'll be seeing them again and we'll talk about this again and what to do. But if you're in this type of situation, you have to as a, you know encourage your son or daughter you know if they're old enough, you know 14, 15, I think is the age they can start to speak up and ask questions. But you got to back him up as a parent. There's no reason to be with a coach who is verbally, let alone physically abusive, but verbally abusive. And if a coach is verbally abusive, you need to confront him. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I hope you've enjoyed the show today. This is this is a, a topic that people are afraid to talk about. It's a topic people don't want to deal with. And Jason hit it because of fear. Well, that's why I do this show, so hopefully I've, I've helped somebody out with this. Have a great week. You can always find me on on the Internet. My website is winnersunlimited.com. My email is drj at com. You can follow me on Twitter at, at DRJ Sports psych. Our shows are podcasted everywhere, specifically my website and on SoundCloud as well. I also do a Facebook live show most Tuesday nights from 7 to 7.30 Central Time, where I talk to coaches about topics like this. Have a great weekend, great 4th of July, stay safe, and we'll talk to you next Sunday here on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB.